God so much. That is awesome. That is so powerful. Hey, although we're not together in one physical place, why don't we all together, no matter where you're standing, no matter where you're sitting, no matter what you're watching from, why don't we together with one voice just thank God for His goodness to us? Why don't you clap right now where you are? Why don't you, why don't you right now where you are? Make some noise because Jesus is always worthy of all of our praise, of all our thanks, and of our passion and our desire. And um, hey, also, although the team can't hear it, why don't we just give the team a massive round of applause as well for the phenomenal work that they put in. That was such a powerful, powerful time of worship and, uh, and the team have been doing so, so well. Um, well, my name is Shafin and um, I'm on the team here at Everlove Church and we're so, so glad that you've joined us here tonight. And, um, and I'm really excited because of the restrictions that have started to be released from us um, in Australia, or at least anyway, and in Western Australia, where only a few weeks ago we were limited to only two people outdoors. But as of last week, the other week, we we're able to hang out in groups of about 10, up to 10 people, which has been very good. Obviously, still observing social sort of distancing and all that kind of stuff. But um, I took my son Oscar out for a ride the other day. I got a new bike the other week and we went for a ride. We went through Kings Park and we saw everyone in there picnic tables and in their um, chairs together with eskies starting to hang out and get together which is really really exciting um, but I don't know about you I don't know about the guys here or not but some people seem to be struggling as they begin to emerge out of isolation um, the other day I took the kids down to the shop and, um, and while we were down to the shop just to get some chicken wraps, we went down there to get a hot chicken. And, um, and as we were coming out of the store, we saw this lady approaching from the opposite angle um, down the corridor. And she started to freak out. She started to look down and she saw our three kids, three energetic kids. And as they kind of like veered sort of towards her, she started to freak out. And her eyes locked on to the kids, especially Winter, who innocently began to make his way towards her and she was just freaking out so she started to edge closer and closer to the edge of the corridor freaking out and um and wind is just innocently kind of just drawn to her and she's like shuffling along the edge of the wall and finally she couldn't handle it any longer like winter sort of stepped over some sort of imaginary line and she went get control of your children to me and i'm kind of going whoa okay all right sorry obviously some people are battling to emerge out of hibernation, out of the proverbial lockdown. They're finding it a bit easier than others. Um, well, I don't know about you, but for me, over the last few weeks, I have been putting on a few kilos. I've been out of routine. Um, I've been out of the routine of going to the gym and things like that. And so for me, it's um, we can get a little bit out of the pattern. We can get a little bit out of the pattern. Uh, I've lost my fitness in some ways, stacking on a few kilos. Maybe, if you're like me, you've even lost, I don't know, a few social skills. You know, for, for us, we used to have to teach our kids all the time. Kids, make sure you look into their eye when you're talking. If someone says hello, you say hello back. And, um, you know, unlike this lady, who I, I imagine if she had a, a literal fly swat, she probably would have, like, poof, uh, swatted winter away if she could have. Um, but we, we can lose our fitness because of lockdown. We're not used to um, what's required to be around uh, people anymore. But you know what? It, this season can give us a bit of a picture of what it's like when it comes to using our God-given gifts. In the same way that we've had restrictions placed on us and we can lose our fitness for just normal life. In the same way, when we're locked down by fear in our life, we can lose our fitness in using our gifts and fulfilling the purposes of God for our lives. 
Maybe it could be because of fear of failure. Maybe it could be because of fear of being rejected or hurt, fear of the unknown. But regardless, the fear can cause us to withdraw into our own lockdown. And these giftings and talents that God has given us can begin to hibernate. It can begin to be dormant under the service, which is not the way that God intended it to be at all for us. And so what I believe, what God wants to speak to us tonight, the title of tonight's message for those that are taking notes is Escaping Lockdown. Escaping Lockdown. How can you escape your lockdown when it comes to using your gifts and talents in the way that God intended to to do? And so for us to do that, what we're going to be looking at is a letter written to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. It was a letter written by Paul to Timothy. Um, And Paul himself was in his own lockdown. He was towards the end of his life. He was in prison. Um, And now he's writing this letter to Timothy, this second letter he's written to Timothy, who was a young pastor. And when you read the book of Timothy, you can actually notice that Timothy struggles with fear and anxiety himself. Not only does he wrestle with the persecution that's happening on the outside, uh, where literally, similar to Paul, he was in danger of the threat of people who wanted him to stop preaching the gospel. But also there was like an inner sort of lockdown and inner fears that Timothy had. Timothy had his own fears and battles. Maybe it was because of intimidation that he felt because of his age. Maybe he felt that he wasn't qualified. He wasn't smart enough. He had all these insecurities going on. Um, And that can be similar to the fears that we can also face today in our own life. I know that I've definitely battled with these to one degree or another myself. And it's in this context that, that Paul begins to write to Timothy, to this young pastor, Timothy. And we're going to be reading from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. And we're going to read this scripture together and we're going to withdraw some principles that can be applied to our life. This is what it says from verse 5. It says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline, or a sound mind in some translations. So never be ashamed to tell us others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for Him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. You know what Paul is doing here is he is encouraging, he is inviting Timothy to leave behind fear, to leave behind intimidation and to step into the call of God. You know, Proverbs, it says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, a lion is, an, a lion is not intimidated by anything. The lion is the king of the jungle. The lion dominates its own space. And Paul is saying to Timothy, be bold and courageous like a lion so you can be everything that God has called you to be. And so tonight I've got three keys in how we can escape our lockdown. And I believe that tonight God wants to cause you to escape the inner lockdown that you are experiencing today. And so let me know if you're ready. Are you ready to hear this? I think you are. Come on. You want to escape this lockdown. Um, The first key, and I want you to repeat this after me. The first key is to own your fire. Why don't you repeat that after me? Own your fire. Own your fire. This is what God desires that we can do. If we go to verse 6, we zoom into verse 6, and this is the crux of what I want to share tonight. It's this. It says, Paul says to Timothy, I remind you 
to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. Fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. You see, what happened when Paul prayed for Timothy is he received a spiritual gift from God. But then Paul encouraged him. He said, but now the responsibility is not mine. The responsibility is not God's. The responsibility, Timothy, is yours to fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Own your fire is what Paul is telling Timothy. And in the same way, God tells us and He invites us to own your fire. You know, when you go camping, um, I used to go camping a fair bit growing up. But when I used to go camping, we used to, um, sometimes we, we might even borrow some fire from the next door, from the campers around the corner just to get the fire running quickly. Sometimes we'd use kerosene and whatever we could find laying around as well. But once we got the fire going, you can borrow someone else's fire for a moment. But once you get your fire going, you're responsible for your own fire. You can't blame anyone else for your fire not going out. It's up to us to own our fire, to go out, to to look for wood, to go and bring wood if we need to, to try and find fuel to continue to get the fire burning. It's up to us to position the logs in a way that air can get through so that the fire continue can continue to grow. And Paul wanted Timothy to fan his own flame into a roaring fire. You know, I don't know whether tonight the fire that you have when it comes to the gifting that God has given you, maybe the fire of your passion, maybe once it was a roaring fire, or maybe there's never been a fire. Maybe your roaring fire has, has started to die down and flicker into a little flame. And maybe it's just these, these coals that have barely got a glow. It's the, these embers have barely got a glow in it. You know what happens for me is, is when the fire begins to go out for me, what I do is I, I actually get right down on my knees sometimes. I get right down on my knees and I begin to blow into the fire. I begin to blow, get my head right, right in there, right into the fire and like begin to blow to get those coals, to get those embers hot again. And then all of a sudden as you continue to blow, the, the fire begins to grow. The, the coals start to flicker into a flame again. You know, God invites us to get on our knees, to do whatever it takes to get the fire going again. Even if it means getting smoke in your eyes, even if it means getting dirty, getting on our knees to get our fire going again, it's no one else's responsibility. We can't blame anyone else at all for what's happened. But God invites us. Maybe we can think we're too busy. Maybe my hand was once hurt when I put the log too close to the fire. Maybe I've tried to use my giftings and I was overlooked once too often. Maybe I tried, but I, was, I failed. Maybe I was hurt by people around me. But I want to encourage you not to let the past dictate your future, but to get down and own your fire. Once again, start after me. Own your fire. Come on, awesome. Key number two for us is, now this will be fun for some people, is to get in the fire. Not only to own your fire, but we need to get in the fire. And I want to begin by reading the next scripture. And it says, this is what uh, Paul says to Timothy. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. See, what happened is on Paul's first missionary journey to a city called Lystra, he met uh, Timothy's grandma, uh, Lois. And Lois was a Jew. She became a Christian. And then obviously Lois's daughter, uh, Eunice, was saved as well. And Timothy, he grows up in a household where the fire is hot. 
this is there's this genuine and strong faith is a fire that Timothy is growing up in and he shares the same substance of faith that his mom and his grandma had. And this is really encouraging. It's inspiring. I see that God had a plan in this. This wasn't Timothy's choice. He found himself in this position and it's what God used to help him catch a light, for him to have his genuine and authentic faith of his own and it enabled him to step into the calling of God on his life. You know, I don't know about you whether you've grown up in church or not. I don't know whether we haven't had the choices. Um, you know, maybe you found yourself in a position where you haven't been a part of a church or you haven't been born into a family of faith or whatever it might be. But the good thing is that God has empowered us right now to make a choice about what fire we would leap into, about the fire that we can position ourselves into. And for me, when I've been camping, um, I don't know about when you've been camping and, and you put a branch in or a log in or whatever it is, maybe a log gets a bit unbalanced. Like we can get in life sometimes and it topples out of the fire. It can fall out of the fire. Well, you might try to get that thing lit again because inevitably when it falls out of the fire, it begins to diminish. It's like a spiritual or a physical reality that isolation of that bit of wood will guarantee that the fire will go out and it's applicable to us as well. Spiritual isolation will guarantee that our fire will inevitably sometimes go out. Hey, and there's always the exception to the rule. There's, there's that person over there that didn't. But inevitably, our fire begins to diminish. And you know the quickest way to get that little stick alight again? I mean, you might be able to, to a certain extent, if you got down and got that bit of wood and you began to blow on it again, you might be able to get a bit of a flickering flame for a while. But the quickest way to get that bit of wood on fire again is to put it in the midst of the fire. And almost immediately, it might take a few seconds, but almost immediately, that thing will catch a light. And you won't even be able to tell the difference between what fell out of the fire and what didn't. There's so much heat in the fire, it perpetuates this faith that we can build into our life. We begin to catch the substance of faith, of the environment that we position ourselves in. And so practically, what does that mean for us? Well, what I want to say tonight is if you've got giftings that lie dormant in your life, then I want to encourage you to jump in the fire. Maybe you've got a habit in your life about attending church every now and then, or I'll be part of that fire, left life groups, connect groups, whatever you might call it. For us, we call them dinner parties and Zoom parties. But I want to encourage you to make a decision that I want to get in the fire. I want to get consistency. I want to position myself where I can catch the fire of other people. I want to choose a fire that I can step into. You know, for, for us, if you're part of a church, I want to encourage you to consistently go, consistently rub your shoulders with individuals and people that inspire you and get your fire burning. You know, if you're not part of a, a local church, then find one. If you live in the vicinity of, of here, of Everlife in Perth, we'd love you to be a part of our community, a part of this family, of this fire. If you want to jump online and be part of our Zoom parties, we would love you to be a part of it. But no matter what church it is, find a fire and get in the fire. We're not designed to do this life on our own. So the first key is to own your fire. The second key is to get into the fire. And the third key is to use your fire. The third key is to use your fire, to use your gifting. You know, the more you use your gifting, the more it's going to develop. The more movement that gets in there, the more you're going to get a fitness for using your gifting as you emerge out of lockdown, as you escape lockdown once again. Um, I don't know if many of you might remember, but, um, but for me, I remember towards the end of 2018, 
Towards the end of 2018, we, Jess and I were on the crest of planting Everlove Church. We were on the crest of um, getting a team organized, ready together to plant the church. And it couldn't have happened at a worse time. But I went to a pastor's conference where I completely wrecked this right ankle of mine. Um, it, if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram page, you'll see a beautiful picture of my mangled, broken foot. It, it's, it, it's like the ankle is meant to be looking this way, but it's literally like, it's, it's just looking the wrong way. 45 degrees in the wrong action, wrong in the wrong angle. I remember going to this pastor's conference of all places and they had a, a basketball slam dunk competition and for some silly reason I volunteered. And so as I went up for that slam dunk, I was the first one off the rank and I ran up to do the slam dunk. And, and as I came down, my right foot caught in between the gap between the gym mattresses and the full weight of my body with the, with the wrong position and angle that my ankle was, snapped the tendons in my ankle and it was painful and I looked down at my foot it was looking in the wrong direction it's one of the most painful things I've ever experienced that there was like trauma in that ankle um the good thing is that the ambulance came and I got to have that the, the green stick I think it's called it's called the green hey the green whistle that's what it's called the green whistle Woo, that was great and, um, and then they took me to the hospital, and as I was laying there on the bed, kind of a bit out of it, they said they needed to give me even more hardcore drugs because they were gonna, they were gonna snap my foot, they were gonna reset my foot back into shape. And um, so they gave me something even more powerful. And to be honest, that sent me into the stratosphere. And uh, and I've kind of actually since then wondered whether I should break the other ankle because it's kind of actually semi-enjoyable. Don't tell anyone um, that, of course. But I remember I had this trauma to my ankle, but then. What happened was, after they reset my ankle, what they needed to do was to get the tendons to rejoin, to find each other and to rejoin and to fuse together. And so what they needed to do is to put my ankle into a moon boot. And the aim of the moon boot was to keep my ankle completely still, completely immobile, completely rigid, in order that my foot wouldn't even move a millimeter so that the tendons can join together. And so that's what's happened. I forget, it was like six to eight weeks. I was walking around on this moon boot and the kids, it was just, it was shocking. It got itchy, it got manky, it got, it, it was stinky. People like running away from me like 20 meters as walking down the street. It was, it was disgusting. Um, and so eventually the tendons joined and it was awesome. My, my ankle was healed and the time came to, te- to keep my, uh, to take my moon boot off. And, uh, and when they did that, I'm, I'm expecting to run around. But then the crazy thing is, because my foot was immobile for so long, it seized up. It became completely rigid. And in fact, the recovery time, the amount of recovery time that it took for the movement to come back into my ankle far outweighed, was far longer than the time of healing that was required for the initial trauma to be healed. And you know, I feel like this gives us a bit of a picture of what can happen to us in our life in our pursuit of using our gifting and following the calling and the promises of God. And I believe that there are some watching this where you've been through a level of trauma in your life, whether it's rejection from others, the significant points of pain inflicted by, I don't know, by leaders, by being misunderstood, missed opportunities, being overlooked, you trialed and you failed and and the pain is real. Like the, the, the pain of the ankle, was, it was real. It was traumatic. It was painful to go through. But then this is the thing, and I, and I want us to get this. You know, the most significant thing that's prevented us from using our gifts and stepping into destiny, 
may not be the trauma we initially experienced, but the fact that up until now we haven't had the courage to begin moving in the area of our gifting once again. You know, tonight God wants us to give us, He wants to give us new courage. His invitation for us is to get moving again. You know, for me, when I, I did my ankle and I had to do this, this rehab, what they wanted me to do is to begin to get movement back into my ankle. And I, and I had to start just by doing small, consistent exercises. Start with small movements. There was like the progression of millimeter by millimeter by millimeter. And eventually, after a long period of time, getting movement in there, it began to heal. And now, thank God, I can, I can get some movement back into my... Look at that. It's amazing. It's awesome. And let me tell you that tonight, God is inviting you to move again. Tonight, God is inviting you to use your fire, to use your giftings. You know, He's not asking us to eat the whole elephant in one mouthful, but one mouthful at a time. I've never, I've never eaten an elephant before. Is anyone? I don't know, but it's a good, it's a good picture. You know, God doesn't invite you to, to, to charge your head, but begin moving again. Begin allowing the gifting in your life to surface again. And as you do, I believe that God is going to give you a boldness to roar like a lion. You know, I, I would love to see the physical act of us emerging out of lockdown, the proverbial lockdown, us emerging out of these restrictions has been a prophetic act. I believe in this season, there's going to be people that are going to be escaping lockdown in your life. The lockdown of the fear, the lockdown of the genuine trauma of the past, allowing the healing of God to come in, to knit together, to bring, to fuse together those tendons again. That, and, and as you begin to get movement into your giftings, as you begin to use the fire, use your giftings, you're going to run and you're going to walk like never before. So I want to go over those points once again. How to escape lockdown. One is to own your own fire. Own your fire. And I believe tonight, it's like, it's enough of the blame game. Tonight, I make a decision. I'm going to own my fire. I'm going to get my fire burning hot for God again. I'm going to use my giftings. Number two is to get in the fire. Don't play the waiting game anymore, but choose to own your fire and get in the fire. Choose the people you're going to hang out with. Choose the church you're going to jump into. Commit. No church is perfect. No fire is perfect. Let me tell you, but fire is hot. Position yourself. Get in the fire. And number three, use your fire. And I believe that as you begin moving, you're going to see breakthrough. You're going to see healing in your life. And God is going to use you. And you're going to see God do great things as you own your space and as you emerge out of lockdown, as you escape lockdown, as bold as a roaring lion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, um, before we end the service tonight, what we want to do is what we do every single week, and that's to give people the opportunity to begin a relationship with God for the first time. And also for those that have drifted away from God, you know, for me, I go surfing a little bit. And what I know about the drift of the current is if you can begin to drift a fair way down before you realize, wow, oh, I have drifted. Whether it's drifting from friends or from the fire or from relationship with God himself, what God invites us to do is to come and look at the marker and come back to Jesus. And you know, the, the marker on the shore is the cross. The marker on the shore is the cross of Jesus, which represents God's love for you. The truth is that God so loved the world. God loved you so much. He sent Jesus, His Son, to die on that cross, to forgive us of our sins, to take the punishment and the guilt that we have inherited and to place that upon Jesus, the innocent creator of the world. 
God chose to take our shame on Himself, to take our guilt upon Himself, even our hurt upon Himself, our physical and our spiritual, emotional hurt upon Himself, so that we can be washed clean, we can be healed, we can be forgiven by a God who is pure in every way. But not only that, but Jesus rose from the dead as we learn at Easter. Jesus rose from the dead, defeated the power of death, defeated the power of sin, defeated the power of disease, that although we live in the broken world now, we have hope beyond this life that we will be with God forever one day in a place where there is no pain, there's no sickness, there's no tears, but we are forgiven and we are with God, our Creator, forever. And it is an amazing invitation for every single person on the planet, not for the spiritual elite, not for the Christians, but for everyone, no matter who you are or what you might have believed. And God's invitation is, will you put your trust in me? This isn't about proving ourselves before God. This is not about a performance. The Bible says we all failed the performance. We've all done the tryouts and we've all fallen short. But God says, no, it's not to do with your performance. It's to do with my son's perfection. It's to do that God, Jesus was perfect so that in our brokenness, we, we could be forgiven. And so right now, God offers this gift of forgiveness and salvation to you. And it all starts with a prayer, a simple act of faith that says, God, I don't understand it all. But just like I can open the front door of my house, I open my heart to you. Would you come? Would you live in my heart? Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me, Lord? I surrender and I give you my life into your hands. I've done my best shot at this life, but now I give my hands into the Creator, the one that's got destiny and purpose for me in Jesus' name. So what I'd love to do right now is to say a prayer with you. And if you could pray this prayer with me, if you could repeat this prayer after me, God can see your heart. And let me tell you, His love will rush in. His forgiveness will rush in and you will never be the same again. It's like you you were once dormant, you were there, but when you get plugged into the power source, you become alive with the purposes that God has created you for. And again, it starts right now with this one act of faith. And so would you pray with me now? Thank you, God. Lord God, I just pray for every single person right now that wants to come back, that have drifted from you. And every person right now, Lord God, that wants to make that decision to begin a relationship with God right now. Would you repeat that prayer after me and say this? Say, dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for me, that I could be forgiven. Lord, I give you my guilt. I give you my shame. Would you forgive me for all the things I've ever done wrong? Lord, I put my trust in Jesus. Lord, I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, victorious over sin, victorious over death. He rose from the dead in Jesus' name. Lord God, I commit my life into your hands. I submit my life into your hands from this moment and forever and to the end of my life. Would you fill me with your love, with your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord God, I pray for every single person right now, Lord, every single person that's prayed that prayer. I pray that right now your peace and your love and your power would rush in as they've opened the front door, Lord God. Would you come and set them free and let them know of your love and your destiny in Jesus' name. Amen.